Join the Junior League of Atlanta on March 23rd to toast and celebrate our community at 1705 West, Atlanta's premier event space with a purpose. This evening to remember features gourmet hors d'oeuvres paired with festive spirits and a silent auction that can't be missed, featuring travel, food, and family-friendly experiences. All proceeds from Toast of Atlanta benefit the Junior League of Atlanta's vision to be a catalyst for community change by empowering women to affect positive outcomes for the health, education, and welfare of women and children in the Metro Atlanta area. Purchase your tickets today at jlatlanta.org. Hi, I'm Chris Brodenin, the 2023-2024 president of the Junior League of Atlanta, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of JLA Inside Out, stories from inside and outside of the Junior League of Atlanta. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of JLA Inside Out. My name is Marcelle Weeks, co-producer, along with Mia Wells, co-producers, and today we have special guest, Jocelyn McGriff-Bensley. Welcome, Jocelyn. Um, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you for having me. Um, as introduced, my name is Jocelyn McGriff-Bensley. I serve as the Vice President of Fund Development and Member Engagement at AJLI. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I joined the Junior League in 2015 in Fort Collins, Colorado, when I lived there, and then I transferred to the Indy League in 2017. And I've been working for AJLI for the past year. Awesome. And could you start by giving our listeners an overview of the AJLI, including its mission and the critical role it plays? Absolutely. So the association was formed in 1921 when a few leagues got together and said, we really need to amplify our collective voice for a common cause and our common purpose. So the Association of Junior Leagues International was formed. Today, AJLI is a charitable nonprofit organization offering guidance, leadership development, and continuous support to our over 290 leagues internationally. We do this through regional, national, and international gatherings. We provide comprehensive resources, personalized consultation, and we also offer league and individual member benefits. AJLI really empowers our individual leagues to fulfill the overall junior league mission, which is to advance women's leadership for meaningful community impact through collective action, collaboration, and training. So our job really at the association is to help empower our individual leagues. Okay. So I attended the orientation you led for the 10-day um, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Challenge. How did you get involved in this initiative? Yeah, so as part of my role at the association, I oversee our DEIB initiatives. So when I started, I received a lot of requests to bring back this program. So AJLI's Racial Equity Challenge grew out of a positive experience that another staff member had when they participated in Food Solutions New England 21-Day Racial Equity Challenge in April of 2020. 
So we brought in the program and facilitated it for the membership for about two years. Um, and then we took a year off. And despite the passage of time since 2020, the United States in particular, it just feels more divided than it's ever been. And in this climate, um, there's an urgent need for a rediscovering of a common purpose to embrace discomfort and vulnerability. And so when I joined the association, I really wanted to reframe and re-energize this program and bring it back to the membership. So this iteration in 2014, um, I took a look at the feedback we had received from our different times we had done the program and enhanced the curriculum. So this new curriculum, it's a 10-day um, equity challenge. So the updates expand upon the program scope just beyond race and to encompass broader themes of general inequality, um, LGBTQ plus community, the wealth gap. Um, and so we rebranded it as the Equity Challenge. And this is our first overhaul of the curriculum and of the program. And we're so excited to get feedback from our participants. We have over 380 women participating in the program this go around. And so we're really excited to hear their experiences, to learn what they have learned and to continue to evolve this program. That sounds amazing, Jocelyn. Let me ask you a question though. Like uh, what outcomes are you hoping to achieve with the challenge and, and how do you measure its success? It's a really great question. And so I think it's twofold. Um, one, we know that the challenge is a really introductory learning experience about equality. You cannot learn all there is to learn about inequality in just 10 days. So the challenge is not exhaustive. It's not all-encompassing. But our hope is that we will plant seeds for continued conversation. So the participants are put into small groups um, of five to seven. And they're having these really intense conversations. And some of our goals of the program is to normalize these conversations about diversity, inequality, and inclusion. You know, let's put you with other women that you might not normally talk to or connect to and practice having these conversations. Practice agreeing to disagree. Practice being uncomfortable with conversations. So then you can take that back into your everyday life and utilize these new skills you've developed through the program. We also really wanna say, this is a time to practice being authentic and vulnerable. You don't know everything there is to know about DEIB, neither do I, neither does our person down the street. And so let's practice asking questions, reading something new, being a lifelong learner. So how AJLI measures success, that's through participant involvement, satisfaction, planting the seeds. But for me, I think how I measure success of the program is more personalized to the participants. So did they step out there? Did they ask the question? Did they get uncomfortable? Did they practice you know, different skills that they've learned? Did they think about something new and different? So that's how we kind of measure success with this program. 
And in your role as VP of Fund Development and Member Engagement, how do you see the intersection of fundraising strategies and fostering an inclusive environment for its members? Yeah, I think when I tell people what I do at the association, they're like, you fundraising and member engagement, like how do those two tie together? And for me, they very much intersect together. So a lot of what I do in the realm of member engagement is about belonging, right? It's from day one, when we onboard new members into the junior league, do they feel like they belong? Do they feel like they belong to this association? Do they feel like they are, they belong and are a part of their community? And then we know that people, when they feel a sense of belonging, they tend to give back to the organization to support um, the next iteration. And so for me, it starts with new member onboarding, building the pride in the association, making meaningful connections and providing opportunities for personal and professional growth with our members, and then asking them to support our cause and to support the mission of the Junior League and to give of their time, talents, and treasure. I do understand. And so switching gears, um, our president of the Junior League of Atlanta or JLA is Chris Brotnan. And at our winter general membership meeting, she unveiled our strategic plan to include our revised active member obligations. So at the current we're receiving membership credits whenever we uh, participate in a fundraiser, but effective June 1st, 2024, um, active members at each level are now required to support at least uh, one JLA fundraiser. So could you elaborate on the importance of fundraisers for the AJLI and then explain how they impact the league's initiatives and community outreach? Absolutely. So dues will never fully cover the cost of league operations that you know if you really put pen to paper and looked at those numbers there's no way you could get there um and so fundraising allows for our organization to fund its mission pay overhead costs develop new programs provide service learning tools to our members and so you need to fundraise. Um, individual leagues need to fundraise. AJLI fundraises as well. But I think it's part of we need to support this mission and we know that this is a part of it. And then also fundraising puts your name out into the community, right? So it gets some name recognition at the local level. Here at the national level with the association, we haven't done a lot of fundraising. Um, it's been something that we've done a little under the radar for a while, but this past year, I'm so excited that we started and developed the EduQuest grant, and we've been raising funds for that. And so we're going to give scholarships and scholarship money to our league members to support their continuing education. Um, and so the EduQuest grant is going to help um, give money back to league members who are studying at colleges, universities, but also vocational or trade schools and also community development programs. So if you wanted to do Leadership Atlanta, then you could get funds from the Junior League to help support that. And we know that if we develop our members and really pour into them, that they will then continue and go out into the community and do better work, which just uplifts the Junior League's name 
and position within the community. So our hope is that through fundraising, through AJLI, we can take those funds and reinvest them back into our members. So y'all are doing the good work of the association. Um, y'all are doing the heavy lifting in your communities. And so our hope through AJLI fundraising is that then we can support our individual members in their um, endeavors moving forward. That's amazing. So that brings me to my next question. Like, can you share some strategies or some um, some events that may come up in the future um, with the program? Yeah, so we're really excited about a couple things that are on the horizon for us. Um, we have just signed a contract with Miami University to offer a mini MBA certificate for our wow. members. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. It is so exciting. And through Miami University, it is an accredited um, program. And so you are going to get, you know, it's a certificate program, but um, a fully developed, um, it's online self-paced course. And so our hope is to develop, that is just one step into the other professional opportunities we're gonna provide for our members. And so we are looking at partnering with some other institutions or accreditation programs to offer more professional development opportunities. And so we are so excited about that. And so we'll definitely see more fundraising coming out from that because we just wanna provide this opportunities for as many members as we can. That's actually really amazing. I remember when I got my certificate program um, for diversity and inclusion and from somebody who doesn't have like an HR background, it really is eye-opening because you don't realize how many things contribute to that DEI from a workplace perspective or even a, a personal one, like in, in the junior league. Mm -hmm. um, so what trends do you foresee in areas of BI and member engagement in the coming years? I think, you know, people were very, people and organizations um, and companies were very focused on kind of the big D, the big E, the big I um, for the past couple of years. But I think what's a little bit lost is that B, so the idea of belonging. Belonging is gonna be very relevant being a woman, being a working woman, being a career professional, it can be lonely. It can be extremely lonely and isolating. And so as a league, we want to help fill that void, right? Be a place where women can feel supported and celebrated and, and needed. And so how can we create our leagues to be that place of inclusion? You know, when you mm -hmm. move to another community, you want to look up the junior league because you know that's your place where you're going to find like-minded women who are there to support you. Um, so that's really big. I also think just looking at in 2024, this idea of civility is going to be very important. Mm -hmm. right? How yeah. do we agree to disagree with one another and do it in a respectful manner? How do we say you know, there's maybe not just a right or wrong and there's shades of gray in between and how we treat each other and talk to one another is mm -hmm. very important. So, you know, we're hoping to get some resources out and, and be a place for women to come and have some civil discourse because it's important. 
Yeah, it is. How do you think organizations should prepare to adapt to that? I think we just have to be really honest about it, right? I think we have to say, we're going to have some uncomfortable conversations and to be okay with that, right? Mm -hmm. I think, oh, I know I do it too all the time is we seek to be understood a lot. And sometimes we just have to say, this is what I think. And that you might not agree with that. And that's okay. But can we both do it in a respectful manner and then walk away with from that conversation? You know, right. We're not always going to get the solution or come to an agreement. Um, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that I'm a, you're a worse person for it, or I'm a better person for it. You know, we just, how do we walk away and just say, that is your thought. This is my thought. Let's move forward. And so I think we have to practice that for me, it's a skill and it's a muscle we have to develop. Um, and so we just have to keep practicing doing it. That that's certainly correct. On our last podcast, we had Aisha Adams, who's director elect of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion um, Committee. And she spoke about the Junior League members being informed mm -hmm. and going out into the community, rolling up our sleeves and kind of getting dirty, meeting the people where they are opposed to wearing a cape. And I definitely think the DEIB and these challenges and the other initiatives that you're working on, it helps us to be better members and better uh, to provide better service to the community um, as well as each other because it's so diverse. And when viewed in a positive light, the way it should be, that's a wonderful thing when everyone can come together and work toward a common cause, appreciating the differences but knowing how to appreciate and how to address. And so that that's that's important. And so um, at this time, um, we'd love for you to give your uh, closing thoughts, especially on why women should join their local junior league. I think it's awesome to kind of bring um, you here, especially being VP of Fund Development and Member Engagement, you know, to let us hear from you why it's so important to join the local leagues. I I guess I'm particularly biased, right? So I think everyone should join the junior league, but I think, <laughs> right? I think I'm like, there's a million reasons. Um, it's hard to narrow it down, but for me, when I think about why I should join the junior league, it's, it's kind of to your point to become a more informed and a more engaged member of your community. What I love about the junior league that you get to go out into your community, the volunteerism that you do, the networking that you do, you just become a more engaged member of the community. Mm -hmm. and have the opportunity to connect with women in all stages of life, you know, from starting their careers um, to sustainers who are entering into retirement, um, to interact with women with children, with out children, married, not married, and all walks of life, all supporting the same mission. And, and that mission is to improve the quality of life in your community. And so for me, that is the ultimate, right? As we think about making the world a better place and making our communities a better place, to me, I will always seek out the Junior League because I know that that is the purpose and the commitment of these women. So I know I could show up in any junior league 
meeting across the nation and know that there is going to be powerful, um, meaningful conversations that are happening. I'm going to be surrounded by like-minded women who are highly motivated um, and are, we're going to have a good time, right? Are also junior league women just also like to have a good time. <laughs> Let's be honest too. Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> there are celebrations to be had, you know, we volunteer and then we celebrate. And so I think for anyone, if you were looking to be a part of a powerful movement and you also want support of other women, call up your local junior league, find out what they're doing, where they're going to be um, and, and sign up. You know, I think that's the best way to give back to your community. I agree. That was well said. Well, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. You're welcome back anytime and continue the great work. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of JLA Inside Out. If you have feedback, thoughts, or questions, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at insideout at jlatlanta.org.